This is That'sInTheBible.com That's in the Bible, episode 40, What About the Heathen? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric. Glad you could join us here today. And we've got a, uh, well, an interesting show and then something that probably people have wondered about quite a bit. I know that when we talk to folks about the Lord and, and the Bible, we always seem to get the question, what about the heathen? We're going to take a look at that today. Well, first of all, we want to go around and say hello to everyone, and we'll start with Pastor Strobel. How are you doing today, Pastor Strobel? Doing well, thank you. And uh, welcome, thanks for joining us. And Matt, how are you tonight? Doing very good. And Steve, how are you doing? Uh, what? What? Steve, can you speak up a little bit? We can barely hear you. Uh, yeah, man, I'm just really, really beat. <laughs> As you, as you can tell, Steve isn't actually here, but that's what he said when he called to, to say he wouldn't be able to make the show. <laughs> so was, Poor Steve. Really, really beat man. <laughs> Poor guy. Hope he's not sick or anything. <laughs> yeah, you're going to feel really bad. If you I would feel bad. No, I think he's just really beat. So... Steve is not joining us today, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna push on and and uh, we'll dedicate this show to Steve. <laughs> Steve, you know we you know we uh, we miss you. We miss you, Steve. And we hope you get better and you're not so beat soon. I'm so, sure in the post-editing version, this will have a nice sound clip after we're dedicating this show to Steve. <laughs> I'm sure it will, and maybe some. Uh, some other sound effects that he appreciates. So, I'm sure I can add Which will those. go right along with the subject today, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll go right along with that. So, anything new? Uh, this is, uh, we haven't, this is like uh, we're, we're back within a week, so that's pretty good for us since we've been, been uh, gone in different places over the summer. And anything, anything new since we last uh, got together, Pastor Strobel? Well, I've had a, a busy week, actually. I uh, started, uh, well, we had our program last Thursday. I'll take you from Saturday, Saturday morning. Had the opportunity to preach at a men's prayer breakfast out um, in Gates, New York, and had a real good time with the men there, and uh, the Lord blessed the meeting. Then, of course, preaching Sunday at church, and then um, Monday night at Attica, uh, doing a couple, I did actually two studies there with the men that night. Uh, Tuesday night preached downtown Buffalo at um, brother uh, at the well mission a mission down there charity mission mm-hmm. um, down there and Wednesday night service and of course that doesn't count preaching Saturday in the street so I'm I'm beat too. We <laughs> <laughs> well, sound sound pretty good for being beat. And yeah, I took a reviving shower before the show and I'm ready to go. Well, that's good. That's good to see you persevere through it. Push on through it. Man, how about you? Anything new? 
Uh, actually, um, we went out. Uh, the Syracuse um, State Fair is going on here, and uh, we went out on Friday. We have a Salvation booth. Uh, I believe we've talked about it last uh, year. And uh, we have a Salvation booth there where we have uh, people come by. We try and hand out gospel tracts and trying to get them to talk about the Lord. And <clears throat> we bring them back towards the table, and we're able to talk to them. And we've got a couple tables in the back of the booth there where we uh, you know, say, would you know, would you mind sitting down with us? We can show you through the Bible how you can be 100% for sure that you can be saved and go to heaven. And uh, so we had a lot of good results. We uh, It's still going on now, but uh, the day, day that I was out there, um, I had uh, a couple that uh, were engaged uh, come back with me and uh, spent a whole hour with them. And uh, so that was a blessing. You know, a lot of times you don't get people that will stay with you for that long. Uh, they might stay back there for 20 minutes, which is a blessing in and of itself. But uh, for them to be back there for a whole hour and just keep asking questions and, and, you know, they weren't just asking questions just to be smart Alex or anything, but they were, you know, they would say, oh, okay, you know, I never understood that, but now I do. And, and uh, so it was, it was great. And uh, the, the girl, her name's uh, Shania, I believe it is, uh, she got saved. Um, it was great. She, uh, her, uh, her fiance didn't want to get saved at that point, but he uh, told me at the end that he, he said, I definitely understand a lot better now than I did before. And, um, and, you know, I told them before they, before they uh, left and they didn't get saved yet, I said, you know, I don't want anybody to, you know, say this prayer unless they truly believe it in their hearts. And, uh, and I said, I have no problem with you guys leaving here. You know, I'll be praying for you for the Holy Spirit to convict you. And, uh, you know, he said, yeah, I don't want to get saved right now. But then she looked right at him and she said, listen, I can't get up from this table because I'm so afraid. I have this gut feeling that if I get up, I'm going to forget everything that we just talked about. And uh, it's going to go away, and I'm never going to get saved, and I'm going to end up in hell. And uh, so she's like, I want to I want to say that prayer. And it was really neat because in the beginning, she didn't want to, you know, she, when I was going over that, you have to call upon the Lord. You can't just believe. You have to call upon him to save you. She said, well, can I do that to myself? Do I have to say it out loud? And I said, oh, of course you don't have to say it out loud. You can say it to yourself. You know, Lord can hear you. And uh, But towards the end, she said, no, no, I want to say this out loud. <laughs> so it was it was great. She made, you know, really a public uh profession in front of her fiance there that she just got saved so so it was a blessing to talk to a lot of other people um and uh so it was it was just a great time and and just uh i thank the lord that you know he gives us that opportunity that we can go and have a booth out there and just uh just that there's some people that still want to hear about what the bible says and how to get to heaven amen all right so we lost past the struggle there for a minute but we're you're back on we're all back together here skype actually has been pretty good we don't usually run into too many problems but once in a while so okay matt thank you and it feels funny not having steve here to go to <laughs> well you want me to do them for a second sure go ahead yeah i was uh <laughs> i uh i'm too tired <laughs> <laughs> just kidding steve we love you pastor strobel told him to do that so yeah if it was pastor strobel uh he told me to do it i promise <laughs> but no i have to you know brother steve i i told them before we got on that i had to get you back for the times that i haven't been on and you uh you always get me so so this is uh this is brotherly getting you back <laughs> i got a feeling next time he's tired he's coming on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's just because we're uh, such good friends we're able to do that Right, and because we're such good friends, we're going to be forwarding forwarding him a copy of this podcast in his inbox, probably, or a link to it, just to make sure he doesn't miss it. Oh, I'm right. sure he won't. 
<laughs> He'll be interested to see what we had to say. And I'll he send won't. Him. He won't listen to your study map, but he's going to tune in for the <laughs> the beginning <laughs> pregame. You know, pregame Warm up. show. <laughs> and there's not a there's not a game on. You guys said right. So unless it's the Bills preseason, which I can't, I couldn't imagine that he'd be tuning and in. I couldn't for. imagine that would keep him from this. No. So he must be really beat. That's not like the seventh game of the NBA Finals. No, that that one you can understand him. Yep, kind of dodging. Yeah, it. I if we're voting, I, I vote that he he really is beat, and he just needs a good night's rest. Well, he gets up early in the morning, right? He's up at four or something. Yeah, he gets up real early for work and works hard, and um, you know he's just does a lot of uh, extra curricular uh, ministry work, and then I believe his sons are in from out of town as well, so. I say we I say we give him a free pass on this one. They're wearing him out. They're wearing him out. They're probably doing can jam and he can't stand up. Yeah, we had a good time. We uh I was over there at their house and uh his uh sons were home so we played uh, can jam and you know, I don't want to uh you know say anything I'm sure you too don't. much but uh I'm sure you know, you don't. I, I, I yeah, I mean I don't want to say too much about it but we definitely won. Whoever was on my team, we won. Um, you sing against Steve? Well, I don't know if I won against Steve. Maybe I didn't this time because I, I think he was afraid to play against me. So <laughs> he made sure that uh, if he went against me, uh, he would just sit down and have somebody else go up and get on his uh, other partner's team. So, hmm. so yeah, to tell you the truth, I played probably about six games, but he never played against me. So, did he ever play on your team? No, he didn't. Hmm. I wonder what that means. <laughs> yeah. What's this all about? I don't know. But you guys just made me think about that now, so maybe we'll have to ask. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go. Let's go ahead and go to do our to our quote of the day. You ready for that, Pastor Strobel? Yes. All right. Here we go. And now it's time for the quote of the day. Day, 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 day. day. Boy, those are expensive sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> the quote of the day is a headline that's uh, all over. Um, Online, anyway, in the on the news sites, it's about um, the author Stephen Hawking and a new, regarding a new book that he has uh, coming out, um, which he has collaborated with with uh, fellow physicist uh, Leonard Moldenow, if I can say that correctly, M L O D I N O W. And the headline says this: Author Hawking says God not needed for creation. And we'll give you just a little uh, idea from the article. Uh, British physicist and mathematician Stephen Hawking says no, arguing in his book that there need not be a God behind the creation of the universe. I, I, I should, should start out with the, with the question, did creation need a creator? And he says no, and says that there need not be a God behind the creation of the universe. Um, back in his uh, best-selling 1988 book, A Brief History of Time, Hawking appeared to accept the possibility of a creator, saying the discovery of a complete theory would be the ultimate triumph of human reason, for then we should know the mind of God. But this new book, called The Grand Design, seems to step away from that, saying physics can explain things without the need for a benevolent creator who made the universe for our benefit. And um, he goes on to say, because there is a law such as gravity, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. The excerpt says, spontaneous creation is the reason there is something rather than nothing, why the universe exists, why we exist. It is not necessary to invoke God 
to set the universe going. And so he is promoting the idea that uh, uh, the universe came here from nothing without the help of uh, God. So I'd like to hear your take on that. That's 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 like the uh, the pot saying that there is no potter, mm-hmm. you know, saying that uh, we just came from nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh, when when has that ever happened? That something has come from nothing. I mean, is there any other example of other than what he's trying to say there? I don't I don't know of any any mm-hmm. anything. I mean, there there's been creation by God, but. You know, everything else points completely against that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just goes along with, you know, how the Bible talks about how uh, when they do not retain God, you know, their hearts become become darkened and and, it becomes foolishness to them. Yeah, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about this guy, you know, it, it just goes along with the whole thing about Christianity, how, you know, it's foolishness to them. You know, in in First Corinthians chapter one, uh, in verse fifteen or in verse eighteen, it says, "For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but not us which are saved is the power of God." And it goes down and talks about, "For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise." You know, it, it makes me think about him. You know, he thinks he's all wise and and has a lot of wisdom, but it says he will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And it's talking about his wisdom. I mean, he thinks that he's got this great wisdom, that there's no God, that, that God didn't create anything. And it says, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You know, I, I think about that. I praise God that, you know, I got saved and, and I was just a simple, a simple guy and I understood I was a sinner. I needed a savior and I understood that God created the world and and, uh, you know, I, I think about a man like this, you know, we, we need to pray for this, this man, you know, and amen, amen. what a shame that, um, he's going to bring down so many other people. You know, I, I think about when I was going to school, um, you know, I was brought in a good Christian home, thank God. But, you know, a lot of people that I've gone to school with, I was just telling my dad earlier today, I've talked to a lot of the people that I've gone to school with and the, the generation that's brought up along with me, uh, just a really uh, it's a rough crowd, and the reason why is because we were told that, of course, God didn't create everything. It, it was just uh, just happened by by chance, you know. And and this is exactly what he's saying. And and this could even just uh, you know just just bring even more people to the point where they don't even want to believe in God and never get saved. And and uh, you know just I just pray for this. It's interesting too that the name of the book is called the Grand Design. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that just seems. Well, it seems to be a direct attack. Um, there's been a lot of uh, news of, from our standpoint, a Christian standpoint, as what we what we promote is the fact that when we look at the universe, we see design behind it. Yeah. And the fact that there is design uh, implies that there must have been a designer, just like things that we see on this earth. I was speaking one day, uh, outdoor knocking to a man, and uh, he claimed to be, you know, um, an evolutionist and that's what he that's what he was he believed that the world got here by evolution and um so through the course of conversation i told him you know what uh, you see this house here you're standing he's standing on the porch of his house say uh i think this house evolved when i said that he got indignant because he said hey i, I did a lot of work getting this house you know here <laughs> like this and uh um, i was just trying to point out as i often do um 
it's just absurd, absurd to think that a house could evolve, just one small building, and if that's absurd, how much more absurd is it to think that this universe with all of its design uh, could have just evolved into the condition that it's in right now? Yeah, amen. Yep. My, my response, I guess, to this article, and, and this is probably going to sound harsher than it's meant from my standpoint, but um, I see the headline, Author Hawking Says God Not Needed for Creation. Um, my response is that Stephen Hawking was not needed for creation, <laughs> nor yeah, was man. he needed for explaining creation. Mm-hmm. And um, what these folks do is they attack the first verse in the Bible, mm-hmm. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And if you can attack that or create doubt as to the uh, veracity of that, um, then you can throw out the rest of the Bible. If you don't believe, if that's not true, you can throw out the rest of it. And uh, that's the foundational verse of the entire scriptures. That's where, it's all, that's where it all starts. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, I think about, you know, Einstein too. He said that uh, if I can't uh, see God in a mathematical equation, uh, then, then I can't believe in God, you know. And, and I think about this man, he might be a really smart man, of course, the wisdom of this world, but, you know, when it comes to just simple belief, simple faith, uh, he can't see it. Amen. And I'm just going to say, uh, again, amen to what Matt said earlier, that we need to pray for this man. Amen. So, uh, you listeners, let's pray for Stephen Hawking, and uh, the Lord will get a hold of his heart, and, and that uh, he'd come to understand there is a God. Amen. And, um, and uh, that he'd come to know his son, Jesus Christ, and his uh, fellow physicist that wrote it with him, uh, Leonard Mladenau. Yeah, amen. What a blessing that would be if he got saved and then wrote a book and <laughs> recanted everything he said. And oh, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it could happen. So yeah. that's that, that's why we need to pray. And and uh, he's he's what sixty eight, I think it said. So and with his health, who knows how long he has? Yeah. All right. So that covers the quote of the day and what we started last. Uh, Last episode, we started adding a few um, um, promotional spots for some of the uh, episodes that we've done in the past. So here's, here's another one. There is coming a day of judgment. A day of reckoning. When each individual will stand before the Lord to be judged. As you rightly divide the word of truth... You will find two main judgments that fit this. One is the judgment seat of Christ, and the other is the great white throne judgment. Are you ready? Find out in episode 28. After this, the judgment. Only on fatsinthebible.com I gotta tell you, I had a lot of fun making those. (laughs) But you know, I... You know, they, the, the world does that for trailers of movies and, and things. And I thought, why can't we do that? Something like that, that maybe would catch someone's attention and direct them back to a previous podcast that they, they missed or hadn't listened to. Mm-hmm. So that's the purpose behind those, is to, is to uh, just remind you that there's some other, other episodes that, that are on the, uh, on the web that you might have missed or on iTunes, wherever you're downloading this from. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt. Are you? Are we're moving right along here. I wonder why. Wonder why we're going so fast. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think I don't it, know. I don't think it's about twenty-five percent quicker than normal. <laughs> Maybe more. 
<laughs> maybe maybe forty percent more. <laughs> so who knows why that is? But Matt, are you ready to uh, to bring our lesson or episode today on what about the heathen? I'm ready. All right, here we go. All right, well, praise the Lord. It's good to uh, be back again tonight. And uh, before we get started, though, I just want to say a quick prayer here and get some guidance from the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for uh, tonight. I thank you that we have the ability, Lord, to be able to have this podcast. I thank you so much, Lord, that uh, you've given us the, um, the abilities, Lord, the health, uh, the strength to be able to uh, get on here, Lord, just be able to even get up every morning. But I thank you for um, just the freedom we have to be able to put this across, uh, even to the world, Lord, on the Internet. And, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll bless people with it, Lord, that you'll give them ammunition, that you'll give them uh, words of comfort as well. And, uh, Lord, that it'll be a blessing to others as it's a blessing to us just to be able to have fellowship one with another and be able to, Lord, just see the amazing things out of your word. Uh, Lord, I pray for this, uh, this Hawkins man, Lord, that we were just uh, speaking about. Lord, I pray for his, uh, his fellow um, scientists as well, Lord, that, that believe that, that they don't believe in you, Lord. I pray that, uh, Lord, you'll convict their hearts even stronger tonight, and, uh, Lord, that they would get saved. Uh, Lord, I pray for this message. I pray that, uh, Lord, during this study, you'll help me through it, that you'll, uh, Lord, just give me the words to speak, the things that I shouldn't speak, Lord. You'll, you'll stop me from saying, Lord. But, but, Lord, most of all, I pray that you'll be honored and glorified through it all. Lord, I pray if there is anybody out there, uh, Lord, that is listening to this, that is not saved, Lord, that you'll convict them that they need to, need a Savior, Lord. Uh, that's you. Uh, Lord, I thank you again. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So uh, what I'd like to plan on doing is uh, going kind of over my next few podcasts is, is going over these studies towards kind of what we talked about uh, on the Question and Answers podcast. We, we talked just for a second. I kind of mentioned how when you go witnessing, when you go door-to-door witnessing, um, and even just out on the streets and you're talking to people, a lot of times the same questions keep coming up. You know, the, the same questions that uh, if you've been doing it for any amount of time witnessing the people, uh, you kind of run through the same questions over and over. And, uh, and this is one of those questions that I've heard a bunch of times. And, and the question is, what about the heathen? Now you say, well, you know, who's the heathen? Well, really what I mean by the heathen is people that do not have access to the Bible. Uh, maybe do not have access to any television or radio or uh, maybe even the gospel is in, a, in and of itself. Maybe that, you know, a tribe out in, in a third world country or some island somewhere, maybe that nobody's ever seen. Well, what about them? And, you know, when people ask this question, it really is an honest question. I mean, I had this question when I was younger um, in the Lord. Uh, when I first got saved, uh, I didn't know the answer. And I wanted to search it out. I wanted to see what the answer was, but I was seeking uh, for the answer for the right reasons because I wanted to give an answer to every man that asketh the reason of hope that is in them with meekness and fear. I wanted to be able to give somebody an answer when they asked me that question. But uh, there's many that uh, ask this question to us that are saved, um, not because they really want to know the answer, but because they really just want to put off the Bible and they just want to try and cast it away so they don't have to deal with their sin. And just kind of give you an example of that, uh, a while ago I was witnessing uh, to a gentleman, um, you know, we were going door to door, and he had opened up the door, and, and I just kind of witnessed to him for a little while, but, but kind of towards the middle of it, he said, you know, wait a minute, young man. And he said, before you go on, I have a question. And I politely said, okay, sir, what's your question? And uh, he said, well, what about the heathen in the remote jungles in the middle of nowhere? 
And he said, I mean, if you're saying everyone that does not accept Jesus Christ is going to hell, then I don't want to have anything else to do with the God of that Bible. And he said, the reason why is because that would mean that those poor people, those poor people that have never heard of Jesus Christ would go to hell without even hearing of him. And uh, when I started to try and answer the question, you know, I said, well, sir, let me, you know, let me show you some things out of the Bible. He said, no, 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 I don't have time. Have a nice day. And he closed the door in my face. Now, see, this is one of those examples. This is a man that did not want to hear the truth. He, he just wanted to give that example, and uh, he wanted to get, confront that argument, and uh, so he didn't have to confront his sin. And by doing this, you know, it fools himself into thinking that he is not guilty before God, and that, you know, he can go back into his house and he can say, well, look at that. You know, I told that young man that, uh, that I showed him that I'm not guilty before God because if those people, if God is true and righteous God, he's not going to send those people to hell if they've never heard of Christ. And that would mean that they'll, he'll never send me to hell, you know, and he doesn't want to hear it. And that's what a lot of people do. But uh, again, this is, a, this is a honest question. If you really want to know the answer, the Bible has the answers for it. Again, the, the, the Bible has all the answers of life's, life's questions. If you have any answers, you got to look towards the Bible. Now, to go on here, the very first thing we must understand is that God will judge everyone on this earth. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. Every single person that dies in this world will stand before a holy and righteous God. They're going to stand before God. It doesn't matter if you're small, if you own uh, a great amount of property, if you're a king, if you're a president. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to stand before God. You're going to stand before God. Genesis chapter 18 this is talking in reference to uh, the context of this passage is, is where Abraham is before God. And uh, God says he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, here you have Abraham. It's a well-known story of, of Abraham interceding on Sodom and Gomorrah's half and saying, well, Lord, you're not going to destroy uh, everybody in this whole, this whole entire city. I mean, peradventure, you know, what if there's 50 righteous people in this city out of, you know, the thousands that are here? Are you really going to destroy this place? And God says, no, I won't destroy this if there's 50 righteous people. And then it goes on and, and uh, says even down to 10 people. If there's 10 righteous people, I will not destroy this city. But uh, as we see, there wasn't even 10 righteous people. So, but right here in verse 25, this is, uh, um, well, let's go back up to verse 24. It says, peradventure, there be 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? Uh, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. So that's what I want you to see there. It says, shall not the judge of all the earth. God is the judge of all the earth. Every single person that's on this earth it, uh, will be stand before God. Now, when you look in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Every single person, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you're from, uh, you're going to stand before a holy and righteous God. It doesn't matter if you're in, uh, in, raised in a Christian home uh, that uh, got saved at a young age, uh, whether you're a preacher's son, uh, or even if you're in a remote jungle somewhere that uh, has no access to any kind of communication, you're all going to stand before a holy and righteous God, and uh, that God will judge. He will judge every single person. So... Not only will God judge every single person, but he will also judge righteously. Now, turn with me to Psalm chapter 96. Psalm chapter 96. Not only will God judge every single person, but he's also going to judge righteously. We need to understand that. <clears throat> God is a righteous God. 
You see that all throughout the Bible. But Psalm chapter 96 here, and starting in verse 10, it says, Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth, the world also shall be established, that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Again, God's going to judge every single person on this earth, but he's not just going to judge uh, falsely or, or uh, unfairly. He's going to judge in truth and righteously, and it's going to be the whole world, the whole earth. He's going to judge every single person. Um, when you look in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, it's in reference to uh, Christ's second advent. When Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, uh, the Bible says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Righteousness he doth judge. So Jesus Christ will judge righteously. So from the beginning, middle, and end of your Bible, God tells us, first of all, that he will judge every man on this earth. Uh, secondly, that he will be uh, righteous in his judgment. His judgment will be righteous. So uh, next thing here is uh, uh, you have that question. Well, what if someone does not have access to the Bible? I mean, how will they ever know they need to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior to be saved from hell if they don't have any recollection, if they don't have any uh, written words of the Bible? Well, turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 in your Bible. And we'll see, first of all, what the law is and what the law was given to us for. Romans chapter 3. Most people know the law is just uh, the Ten Commandments that uh, God gave to Moses and the, the, the nation of Israel. Um, but right here, Romans chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law, uh, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I mean, the law that uh, is recorded in the Bible was given to show us that we're guilty sinners, that we're sinners, that we deserve hell because of our sins. Um, the law shows us that, hey, if you ever told a lie, uh, you're guilty before God. Uh, if you ever committed adultery, you're guilty before God. If you ever stole anything, you're guilty before God. It just shows us that we're sinners in need of a Savior. We also see in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24, if you'll turn there real quick with me, that it's a schoolmaster, that the law not only shows us that we're uh, sinners and that we deserve hell, it also is a schoolmaster. It teaches us something. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. So it's a schoolmaster. It shows us that we need Jesus Christ to wash away our sins. And that's the only way is by having the law. But again, the question arises, what if someone does not have a Bible? Uh, you know, what if that person has never seen a Bible? And what if he even never ever sees a Bible in their lifetime? Uh, how would that person know they're a guilty sinner in need of Jesus Christ as their Savior? And again, this is an honest, true question. I mean, uh, how would that person know? And even in the uh, Christian circles, a lot of people have different ideas about this, uh, different uh, points of views. Uh, but again, we want to go to the Bible. And we want to see what the Bible has to say about it. Um, now, if someone does not have a Bible, let's go to Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 now. 
we're going to see what happens when somebody does not have a Bible in their hands. Romans chapter 2 and verse 11. The Bible says, for there is no respect of persons with God. Again, it's talking about no matter who you are, no matter how special you are, um, no matter how great you are on this earth, it doesn't matter to God. Verse 12 says, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. So it says right here that those without the law written in their hands will still perish. I mean, even if they don't have the law written, written down for them and in possession of their hands, they will still perish. Now, we know that perish there doesn't mean just physically. That means spiritually going to hell. And Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I mean, if you don't repent of your sins and accept Christ as your Savior, you're going to perish and you're going to go to hell. And that's what perish means here. Now, the reason why they will still go to hell without uh, you know, the law written in their hands is because they have the law written somewhere else. Now, let's keep reading here in Romans chapter 2 and look down to verse 14. It says, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law... All right, so the Gentiles don't have the law. This is talking about the time when... Um, when uh, the oracles of God were given to the Jews. That's the writings of God. Every single book in this Bible is written by a Jew. So most of all the Jews, the scribes, uh, they would keep copying the, the, uh, the manuscripts, all the Old Testament. Mostly just Jews had these manuscripts. If, if somebody in the Old Testament wanted to get the Bible, they would have to come to the Jews and they'd have to uh, uh, come to the Jews and, and read the Bible from them. Um, so right here, it says that these Gentiles, which have not the law, they don't have it in their hands. All right, And it says right here, Do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another, when, uh, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So it says right here that uh, God will judge even people that do not have um, the law written in their hands, that they don't even have it written down. And the reason why is because it's written in their hearts. So God will bring a man to the white throne judgment, judgment after he dies. And God will ask him, now, did you ever have access to a Bible? And the person will say, no, I never saw a Bible. All right. Did you have, ever have a missionary come to town? And the person will say, no, I never saw a missionary in my life. Um, and, and God will say, well, how about this? Do you remember when your neighbor in your village lied to you and hurt you because he did not keep his word. And the person will say, yes, I remember that day like it was yesterday. That was so wrong of him. And God will say, okay, so you knew lying was wrong. Well, yes, everyone knows that. All right, so have you ever lied yourself? Well, yes, but that was different. All right, so you knew lying was wrong, and you still did it anyway, and you never repented of it. You never sought me for forgiveness when you knew you had done wrong and didn't measure up to the standard of your creator. You never sought me to ask me for forgiveness. Then the man will reply, you're right, I know I did wrong, I'm guilty before God, and I never did repent. See, that's the thing. I mean, when you stand before God, a holy and righteous God, you're not, you know, you're going to try and come up before God and you're going to say, well, I have an excuse. God's going to say, you have no excuse. And James chapter 4, verse 17 says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So what you've got uh, is you've got the law written in your heart. All right, when you go to verse um, 
Uh, verse 14 there, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Now this, I mean, this could be really mentioned to anybody in this world today, but especially those people, uh, we hear so many times about missionaries that go off to these um, places that nobody's ever been before. Nobody's ever been, but uh, maybe the natives that were there for the very first. And uh, you think that they were uh, just, uh, they would be crazy over there. But when they go over there, they actually see that if, uh, say, the tribesmen, one of the tribesmen go and, and uh, steal something from somebody else's house, uh, that person would be guilty in their eyes. And what they would do is they'd cut off their hands or do some kind of judgment like that. The reason why is because they knew that it was wrong to steal something from somebody else. They just know that. It's written in their hearts. So it says right here that even though they don't have that written down on paper that that's wrong, that that's wrong before God, they show by what they do as a result of that person stealing, by cutting off his hands or whatever they do to that person, that it's a show of the law written in their hearts. Verse 15, which show the work of the law written in their hearts and their conscience also bearing witness. So you've got, uh, number one, you've got the law written in your hearts. The second thing also is you've got your conscience. God has set you a conscience inside of you that will say, hey, uh, you know that's wrong. <laughs> the, the law is written in your heart and you just did that. You just, uh, you just did something against God. Now, not only does every man have the law of God written in their hearts and their conscience convicting them of breaking it, we also have a certain amount of light given to us when we come into this world. Turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In verse 6 here, the Bible says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. Verse 7, The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. Now that light, cap, capital L, is the same uh, uh, name uh, or the same person as the W, uh, capital W in uh, verse 1, the Word, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, and it says that the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, Jesus Christ, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So Jesus Christ is that true light, and he lighteth every man that comes into the world. So when somebody is born into this world, Jesus Christ gives that person a certain amount of light. Now turn to John chapter 3, just a couple chapters over. John chapter 3, verse 16. This is a very well-known verse. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus Christ didn't come into this world uh, to die on a cross and rise again to condemn the world, but he wanted the, the world to be saved by whoever accepted him as their Savior. Now verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now why are these people condemned? Verse 19, and this is the con condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And again, that wrought in God there, that wrought is, means worked in God. It's uh, like wrought iron. That means worked in God. So, Right here, it says that these people uh, uh, have a light when they come into the world. So every single person, whether you're out in the jungle, whether you're over here uh, in the States, it doesn't matter where you are, God gives you a certain amount of light. And it says right here in verse 19 
that these people, anybody that does not uh, go towards this light is condemned. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I mean, a man sees some light in himself. God convicts of that person of, uh, of committing an act against uh, the law that's written in their hearts, uh, whether they have a Bible or not. And uh, that man says, nope, my deeds are evil. Uh, you know, it becomes darkened. That light goes away. And verse 20 says, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. So that light kind of just uh, fades away a little bit that Jesus Christ gives you in the very beginning when you start doing more and more evil deeds and you say, keep saying, no, I like my, my sin that I'm in. I don't want to go to that light. I don't want to see any more truth. And, uh, and that light will dim. Now, God will use that light that he has given every person to convict them and show them that they are breaking the law that is written in their hearts and that they are guilty before him. But again, the problem is that we have seen in these passages that most men will not pay attention to that light that God has given them, uh, and they'll hate the light, again, because their, e- their deeds are evil. Now, they know the light's there, but they love evil. They love to disobey the law that God has uh, placed in their heart. Now, God will also use that light to convict the lost sinner about the things that are uh, around him uh, that point directly to God. Uh, turn with me to Psalm chapter 19. There's things that are around us that uh, this Stephen Hawkins guy does not want to uh, believe point to, to God, but they most certainly do point to God. That's what's so damaging about this book is, uh, is that he's going directly against the Bible because the Bible says there's things that point directly to God, and this gentleman is uh, saying that those things don't point directly to God at all. Now, many of the people that live in the third world country sleep in tents. I mean, they don't have much money. They don't, they're not able to build many things. They uh, stare up at the stars every night inside their tents or even outside of tents before they go to bed. They stare up, up at the stars. They don't have a TV. They don't have any radio. They don't have any distractions that we have in the States. And while they lay there for hours, God convicts them and says to their hearts, see those stars out there? I created them. I am God and I created you. Why don't you seek me? I mean, you know, so many people say, well, it's so unfair for those people that are out there in the third world countries that don't have any gospel message, don't have anything at all. Well, think about it. I mean, here these people are out there. Uh, they've never had to have so many distractions as we have today. I mean, we can turn on the TV and just turn off God. Uh, we, you know, God convicts your heart. God uh, shows, hey, you did something wrong against the law that's written in your heart. You know, why don't you repent and seek me? And all you have to do is just turn on the TV and there goes that light that God gives you. There goes the conviction that God gives you. Uh, You know, we have so many distractions here. Um, Now, Psalm chapter 19, verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. This is talking about the stars, everything that's out there. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Now, God says right here uh, to the man while he's working in the field. I mean, he's underneath the hot sun. He says here, look at this, this blistering sun. See that great fireball that is up there in the sky? Uh, it was created by me. And when you're out there too much in that sun, you know, working, tilling that ground so much, it hurts you. It burns you. That shows you that I'm greater and more powerful than you. Why won't you seek me? I mean, we have here that it says right in verse 2 that those stars, that everything that's out there, everything that's in the world uh, and in the universe 
it says right here that it uttereth speech day unto day out of speech. I mean, when the sun comes down, it's it's burning those people. It's it's uh, uh, if you're out in the sun too long, you get a sunburn. Hey, that's speaking to you. That's saying, hey, God created that thing that's so much more powerful than you. And uh, it says right here, night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. The voice of of all the creation of God, the night and the day, everything that's contained in them. Uh, is heard throughout the whole world. Look at them, verse 4. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. So the words of everything that was created by God uh, were sent out to the whole entire earth, to the whole entire world. So it doesn't matter where you are, God will speak to you through everything that was created, and he'll say, hey, there's a creator. I mean, there's definitely design here, and God created it, and uh, you need to seek me as God. Now, God uses the daytime and the nighttime to speak to every human being in the world. So the light that is given to every man, woman, and child should call someone with a sincere heart to know, first of all, number one, that he was created along with everything else he sees. I mean, he just doesn't look at uh, a tree and say, well, it just must have came about. He doesn't look at the sun and just say, well, it just must have come about from nothing. He says, no, there must have been a, a designer, a creator same thing with our buildings. We don't say, well, it just must have come here by, by circumstance. No, there had to be a designer. There had to be a creator. It's the same thing. Uh, the second thing that they must uh, see if they have a sincere heart is that his creator is greater than him. I mean, you, you look at those things. We can never create anything that's on this earth. We can never create anything that's in the, in the solar system, anything like that. We can't create the sun. So the designer is definitely more, more powerful, greater uh, than anything that we could even uh, dream of being. And the third thing is that he is accountable to his creator for his actions. Like we've said before, uh, when that person does something wrong against the law that's written in their hearts, uh, they see that it's wrong and they know it's wrong and they're accountable. They must understand that they're accountable for their creator. I mean, if uh, somebody does you wrong, lies to you or steals something from you and you know that's wrong and they're accountable to you for their actions, that, that they owe you something for that. The same thing uh, would be even more for the God that created us. Uh, we're accountable for our actions to him if we're just accountable for actions even just to our fellow people down here. Now, turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And Romans chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 18. And the Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now before I go on, this is, uh, I mean this can talk about anybody in the world, but, but think in terms of maybe somebody that's out in the middle of nowhere. I mean this could uh, apply to anybody that's out in the middle of nowhere. It says in verse uh, 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them like we've already talked about before, the law written in their hearts, the conscience, the light that's put in them. Uh, it says right there that it was manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. And verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Uh, God says here that the people knew him. They knew God. Verse 21, they, they knew him. And how they know him? Verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, 
So everything, God's invisible. God is a, a spirit and you can't see him. And it says right here that you can uh, see that there is a God being understood by the things that are made. So everything that he's made, you can see that there is a God, a creator, by just the things that he's uh, created there. Um, and it says right here that, again, people knew God um, just as uh, you know, the things that were made. But it says in verse 20, 21 that they glorified him not as God, that they brushed him off. Uh, you know, they weren't thankful that God had revealed to them that he existed. But it says that they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. So the light that God uh, had given them was put out by their vain imaginations. Now, I looked this up. Uh, there's there's uh, a good amount of different descriptions of the word vain, but it's never good. The word vain means conceited, having a, a, an exaggerated sense of self-importance. So they felt that they were more important than God. They ignored the stars that were created by God. They ignored the hot blazing sun that was created by God. And the whole earth uh, that they lived on every day that was created by God, they ignored they said that this that, that they were not accountable for God. They said they were not, weren't accountable for their actions. Uh, and as a result, we see what happens in verse 22. Look in verse 22. It says, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now we talk a lot about this and we say, we use kind of verse 25 and those as such uh, to speak about, you know, those people that believe in evolution. But you can also take this and, and look at maybe somebody on uh, one of these uh, places that have never heard of God before uh, in a Bible or, 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 or had a preacher go to them. But it says here that they had that law written in their hearts. They had that light. They had that conviction of their conscience. And uh, they became darkened because of their imaginations, because they were vain, uh, vain imaginations, that they thought they were better than God. And what results in that now is that they start worshiping birds, four-footed beasts. And that's exactly what happens in these uh, faraway lands that uh, that's not, uh, you know, doesn't have TV or anything like that. They, they worship uh, the sun, they worship all the different creations that God has created rather than the creator because they know they're not accountable to God. And uh, the whole reason is because they don't want to be accountable to God. So the bottom line is, is when you go to these uh, third world countries, you go to these places, that's exactly what happens. You see uh, the degradation that they don't believe in God. And for that reason, they just start worshiping these animals. But in verse 32, it says, who knowing the judgment of God, they knew that the judgment of God is coming that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure and then do them. I mean, these people know that they're guilty before God. They know that they are, but see, they have pleasure in doing these things. They love their sin. They don't want to come to the light because their deeds are evil. That's the whole thing. <coughs> Excuse me. But you say, okay, well, these people have to accept Jesus Christ, though. I mean, how are they going to be saved if they cannot accept Jesus Christ, if they've, if they've never heard of him? Now, that's true. They do have to accept Jesus Christ. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus Christ saith, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And again, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, talking about Jesus Christ's name, says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. 
So you say, well, what about them not even hearing about the name of Jesus Christ? How is that fair? Well, the thing is that it doesn't matter if you have been brought up, again, in a deserted island or in a pastor's home. If you don't believe there's a God, you won't believe in Jesus Christ. I mean, for example, the scribes and Pharisees had the Old Testament in their hands, but they rejected many things in it. Because when John the Baptist showed up as a forerunner for Jesus Christ, many rejected him. And then when Jesus Christ came, uh, those same men that had rejected Christ because they had rejected uh, all the other light God had given them from John the Baptist and, and from the Old Testament. And the same goes for today. If you tell someone about Jesus Christ and, uh, and uh, you try and witness to them and tell them that, uh, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world, uh, they'll just say, I don't care about Jesus because there is no God. I mean, the thing is, is that if they don't take the little bit of light that God says, hey, there's a God, there's a creator because of the universe that's up there, and you come to them and you try and witness to them and tell them about Jesus Christ, they'll say, I, I don't care about that because I don't believe there's a God. And that's the whole point. That's the whole problem is that they don't take the first light that God gives them. They don't believe it. And because of that, their, their hearts become darkened. And uh, again, it all has to do with your heart attitude. It all has to do with that. Now, I wanted to show you just real quick, we're almost done here. I wanted to show you an example in the Bible of those that do not accept just a little bit of light that God gives you. Uh, uh, if you don't accept that little bit, um, you know, it's, it, God will not give you more light until you accept that little bit of light. Turn with me to uh, Matthew chapter 1. Um, let's see here, where do I want to start? Matthew chapter 3, we'll start at. Matthew chapter 3. And uh, this is talking about John the Baptist. Of course, Jesus Christ has been born, and uh, now Jesus Christ is, is uh, 30 years old. And here comes John the Baptist. Uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Then went out to him uh, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So here all these people come from all around Judea, all around uh, Jerusalem, and they're all confessing their sins. They were given that light in the Old Testament that they're sinners, that they need to uh, have those sacrifices of the, of the lambs and goats, and, uh, and they knew that John the Baptist, that the forerunner um, uh, would have to come, that Isaiah would have to come uh, making the path straight for uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, for their king. And so they knew they had to come. They believed that light in the Old Testament, and then they also believed this right here. They believed John the Baptist, and they confessed their sins. They also received this light. And in verse 7, though, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers! Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. Uh, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So here's these uh, scribes and Pharisees, uh, these Pharisees and Sadducees, and they come to John the Baptist, and, and John the Baptist knew exactly what they were. John knew that they didn't believe all the Old Testament. Uh, they, they, uh, and they also didn't believe that uh, the forerunner of Jesus Christ would be coming, uh, which uh, here is John the Baptist. They didn't believe John the Baptist. And uh, John says, oh, where is your repentance? Where is your fruit meet for repentance? He knew that they weren't repenting. And the whole reason why they didn't repent here is because they didn't accept the light that was given to them in the Old Testament beforehand. Um, 
Now I want to show you here, again, this is not uh, them getting saved here, these people that are getting re, uh, baptized. If you look in John chapter, we're not going to go there, but John chapter 1, verse 31, it says uh, that he came baptizing, that John the Baptist came baptizing to manifest uh, uh, Jesus Christ to the nation of Israel. That's the whole reason why he's coming baptizing. This is not these people getting salvation, but they're taking the light that they're given and they're repenting of their sins or confessing their sins. And uh, here in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. So that's all it is. He's baptizing with water. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, talking about Jesus Christ, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That's what we want, the Holy Ghost baptism. When you get baptized by the Holy Ghost, by Jesus Christ, that's when you put in the body of Christ and you are saved. Now turn with me to uh, Matthew. Uh, let's see where I want to go. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 25. And uh, here Jesus Christ is uh, talking to these uh, chief priests and elders and they're asking them all these questions. And uh, Jesus Christ says, here, I'll ask you a question. And he says right here in verse 25, Jesus Christ says, The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or of men? And they reasoned within themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he shall say unto us, Why did he not believe him? So here it just shows you that these people, these scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, all these great leaders of the Jews, they never believed in John the Baptist, never believed in that light that was given him. Now also uh, go to uh, verse 28. And it says, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. So he's giving him a parable. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? And they say unto him, The first. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. So again, they did not believe in the next part of the light that God had given them. God just kept giving them more light, and they kept rejecting that light. Now, the last verse I want to go to is Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, the book of Acts. The book of Acts, chapter 19. So many of the people that were baptized under John the Baptist's baptism uh, did not get saved yet. Acts chapter 19, and what I mean saved by is the New Testament salvation of being baptized by the Holy Ghost by accepting Christ as your Savior. And it says in Acts chapter 19, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto, then they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John barely baptized with baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the, the men were about 12. So it says right here that these people, number one, they believe the Old Testament and they believe that the forerunner Isaiah, which would be John the Baptist, uh, would come. 
and he prepared the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed that. So they came to John's baptism, and they repented, and they were baptized. They accepted that light. Then here, they're given this light also. Um, and it says right here that uh, Paul was asking these people, hey, well, you, you accept the light of John the Baptist's baptism, but have you gotten saved yet? You know, Have you received the Holy Ghost? And these people hadn't yet, but they had received all the other light that was given to them by God. And because of that, God had mercy on them and said, okay, uh, go ahead and I'll give you this light. And so now they were finally saved because they got more light because they believed every single light that God had given them. Uh, again, it all has to do with your heart attitude. Those that did not believe uh, the Old Testament then believe, uh, I'm sorry, those that did believe the Old Testament then believed John the Baptist and then believed on Christ when he showed up. God will give you light. And if you accept that light, then he will give you more light. But if you reject that light, he will say to you, I have given you two witnesses, one inside you, which is, of course, the, uh, the law written in your hearts and also your conscience, and the other is the outside, my creation. If you did not respond properly to those witnesses, you would never respond properly no matter how much more light I give you. So the bottom line is, uh, if you go to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, the Bible says, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall, sh- when you shall search for me with all your heart. So if someone out in the middle of nowhere will accept the light that was given him of, you know, that, uh, that he knows there's a creator, that he's guilty before God, uh, and he seeks the Lord with all his heart. If he seeks the creator that created him and is truly sorry for his sins that he's uh, done against his God, then, his, uh, then God will send him more light um, and eventually give him the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, if somebody's out in the middle of nowhere, that's what we do in, these, uh, in our churches is we put away money. We send money to all these missionaries, and wherever God leads them, they'll go out. They'll go out and witness. They'll go out and even just uh, find one person that God leads them to out in the middle of nowhere because that person had taken the light that God had given them, and we're searching for the Lord. We're searching for God, and that missionary will go to him, and he'll give him the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, you need to call upon Jesus Christ to save you, to save you from hell. I mean, the bottom line, it goes uh, again to today. I mean, a lot of people say, well, those people don't have a very good chance of getting saved. Well, like I said before, we have so many false gospels here in, this, in the United States. It's very hard for a lot of people to get saved here. We have so many distractions. We have, again, the Stephen Hawkins guy that's saying there is no God. Out in the middle of nowhere, out there, all they have is God's creation. All they have is their conscience bearing them witness that they're sinners, that they've got that law written in their hearts. And if they'll accept that light, uh, then God will send them more light, and God will give them the gospel so they can get saved. So uh, there's, no, there's no problem with the heathen. There's no problem at all. If they truly believe in God, then God will finally uh, give them more light and give them the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they can get saved. So if there is anybody listening to this tonight that uh, had this question and were waiting to get saved because they had this question of, well, what about these people? You know, what about this? Uh, you know, some people have that honest question of, hey, you know, I'm not going to get saved until I know this, this, the answer to this question. So if you, if you know this question, I pray that you will ask Jesus Christ to save you from hell. You have to repent of your sins and call upon him, and he'll save you. He'll save you. Thanks a lot, guys. Amen. Matt, uh, that was a pretty complete study there. Pastor Strobel? Exactly what I was thinking. Matt uh, did a very thorough job. Um, everything that I was making notes of that I wanted to uh, add he hit mm-hmm. on yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, w- I could uh, uh, just kind of elaborate on his last point which was a very uh, poignant one and that is if a man responds to the light God will give him more light 
Jesus said this, if any man will do his will, and that's a condition of your heart, if you are in your heart willing to do what God wants you to do. In other words, you're responding to the light that you've got. And even if you don't have any light, you have a willingness to to do what's right if you only knew what it was. And Jesus said this, if any man will do his will, speaking of God, one more time, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. And the key to finding out right doctrine is having a willing heart. And as uh, Matt said, there are missionaries all over the world. They are all over the world. I know a missionary who's been going to uh, remote villages of uh, New Guinea, places where uh, you know they're off the beaten path. I've seen some pictures of them as they've uh, traveled there. And the stories are plenteous, and they can be read about in uh, biographies of missionaries of many years gone by. Missionaries have been going to bring the gospel to the heathen. Uh, missionaries like Adoniram Judson, who went to uh, Burma, a place that's now called uh, Myanmar. Uh, John Patton, P-A-T-O-N, to the New Hebrides Islands, uh, the jungles out there. And that place today is known as uh, Vanuatu. And uh, there's mission work going on there uh, now. I just spoke the other day with a young man who um, made a missions trip uh, over there to help out some missionaries that were there. Um, the stories are, are just their heart stirring, even if you read them. Uh, stories of the folks like uh, Jim Elliott and his crew, Pete Fleming, Ed McCulley, Nate Saint, Roger Eudorian, went to uh, the folks that were at the time called the Aka Indians of Ecuador, now known as, I believe they pronounce it, the Wudani uh, Indians. Um, we have people today like uh, Tommy Tillman, who goes to lepers in uh, Thailand and uh, places like that. Uh, I've seen um, radios and tape players that can be played by just turning a crank that uh, missionaries bring to people with New Testaments so they can, can be heard. And in Galatians chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, it says this, But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. Hmm. Even in New Testament times, God's heart was to get the gospel to the heathen, and God has been busy about that business. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the heathen are not as in much darkness, as much darkness as we tend to think. Hmm. Um, and as far as their justification, Galatians 3, verse 8, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. That's how heathen are justified, through faith. Uh, Priests before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, And these shall all nations be blessed. And then Psalm 98, verse 2, The Lord hath made known his salvation, his righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. God is all about getting the gospel to the heathen. And, And by the way, how do we know about the heathen? How do we even know they exist? I'll tell you how we know about it mostly. Uh, Books, magazines, television, National Geographic, Discovery Channel. Hey, we can see pictures of the heathen today. We can see videotapes of them. Now, if, if there's people over there that can take pictures and send them back and take um, uh, movies, make movies, and, and, uh, and broadcast them here in the United States of America, you can be sure that the gospel also is in many of those places, Amen. too, Amen. if not all of them. Amen. That's good. And that, I was going to go to John seven seventeen as well. If any man will do as well. Amen. And, you know, 
And that's the the last point that you made there, Pastor Strobel. You know, the the world really is getting smaller as far as you know with technology and and things. There's there's people all over that have access to now the the uh, the internet and uh, cassette recorders and and so the, the it really is getting smaller. There, there's fewer and fewer of those you know un, unclaimed or unwashed heathen out there. But Amen. and even with kids, you know, anyone that's ever raised a child. Um, you have to educate God out of them, you know, because their their questions are: is who made the stars and who made that and where did that come from? And you know, there there there's there's a there's an inherent, um, you know, knowledge of of a creator in their minds, and uh, we we have to educate them out of that just to say that no no that nobody made that as, as Hawking was saying that just Amen. came that just came from nothing. Amen. So. Yeah, most of these arguments that people bring up when you come right down to it, these are exceptional arguments. They're not the rule by any means. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, God could get the gospel any way he wanted to, to a heathen out in the middle of a jungle that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. Even if, He could do it if he wanted to without sending anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Amen. we're talking about God, and how do we Amen. know? If, if you don't know that they're there, and we don't know that they're there, how do we know what's going on? Yeah. You know, the, one of the big philosophical questions that the way they ask out in the world, you know, if it tree falls out in the woods and there's nobody there to hear it doesn't make any sound mm-hmm. and the idea for that is well you don't know because you're not there mm-hmm. I mean I, I believe it does make a sound but <laughs> that's beside the point mm-hmm. but um, their point is well we really don't know we're not there and you really don't know what's going on in the heathen I'm mm-hmm. just saying that because mm-hmm. you're not there Amen. and if their heart wants to know you can believe there's no unrighteousness with God and he has no respect of persons and he'll get him the gospel and he'll give him a, a, a sure enough uh, opportunity for salvation. Amen. Amen. So, as Matt said, if you were using that as your excuse, then you're not going to get saved because what about the heathen? Yeah, you, that's not really a, an excuse that you can, you, you'll you be able to, to stand before before God with, you know, and especially yeah. if you've listened to this program, which obviously you have. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I, mean, I think Amen. people really need to think that thing out as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you really think that you're going to get up there and say that to God, and he's going to go, yeah, I never thought of that. You're right. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. You can go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> you You're in. Uh, yeah. Amen. All right. Well, there's still hope for uh, Steve. He might phone in any minute. He might yeah. Skype in on us. Let's try and get a hold of the heathen. <laughs> Yeah, we we have plenty of heathen right here in the U.S. Yes, sir. That uh, that that don't want to hear. Not so much haven't heard, but often just just don't want to hear about it. In our in our pregame warmup, I was telling the folks I heard a preacher say years ago, in response to the question, "Where did the heathen go?" Is that they go to Sears, Kmart, Montgomery <laughs> Ward? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I think about now, but. I think about too. I mean, you know, we have so many witches we which we need to do. We need to send out money to missionaries and all that. But the problem is, is that a lot of Christians, I think, also just send out money to missionaries, but then they don't deal about the heathen that are here at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to go out and witness to those that are here. Go door knocking. Go uh, street preaching. Go out on the streets and hand out gospel tracts. There's many people here that need this. Yeah, the heathen are trying to block your Skype connection. <laughs> You kind of faded out on us there for a minute, man. All right, well, amen. Hopefully, uh, Steve will be uh, 
up and at them next next podcast and I guess that's you Pastor Strobel Lord willing Amen if we're still here the rapture hasn't taken place yet yep we'll, we'll Lord willing convene again and bring another episode of That's in the Bible alright guys see you next time in the skies going where no one dies heavenward bound Jesus is coming soon morning or night or noon many will, many will meet their doom trumpets will trumpets sound will surely sound all of the dead shall rise righteous be in the skies going where no going where no one dies heavenward This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.